Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, as long as you're 21 or older, Michael Hill, Jason Holder, proudly bring to you the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast. And if you're not done with that, go listen to something else. Welcome back to another week of the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast, and Merry Christmas, as it is Christmas at the end of this week. Yeah, Merry Christmas to everybody. So, Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah. Well, Hanukkah's already passed, I think. Uh, But uh, Happy Holidays. Happy Holidays. (laughs) Okay. Happy holidays. We'll go with that. There we go. Happy holidays. That even includes like Festivus and all those. Yeah, all those those you know, great holidays that everybody celebrates. We are back to talk about another week in wrestling. Yeah, but what we're gonna do is we're just gonna talk for an hour. We're gonna get everybody really hyped, and then we're not gonna finish up. Wait a second. Are you referencing what happened this week? I might be. Huh. Can't wait to find out which match that was. Right. Uh, before we dive into all of that, we do have a new whiskey this week. As we are the Whiskey and Wrestling Podcast, we do more than talk about wrestling. We also talk about whiskey and other fine spirits. Occasionally. Uh, <laughs> Depends on what we're drinking to call. Fine spirits is a stretch for some of the things that we've had on this show. Well, we've gotten rid of our glass I know. Our glasses, and we're now using plastic cups. Yeah. So we need to do better. <laughs> we, we really do. So when you hear us say cheers, just imagine the clink in your head. Yeah. Uh, this week we are drinking di- the Dimple Pinch, a blended Scotch whiskey uh, since 1893. Uh, John Haig and company is who makes it. It's been around, like I said, from 1893 is when it first came in. It's got a very interesting, the reason that I picked this up, it has a very interesting bottle. The bottle is kind of a rounded. It's a rounded uh, triangle. (laughs) Yeah, it's it's a rounded triangle, and it's very, very interesting. Never had it before. It's about, uh, it was, I think it was 43 bucks or somewhere in there. So it's not awful. Yeah, not too bad. um, I am a little concerned I have not tasted this. I'm a little concerned the top is a screw-on top. Yeah, on a scotch, that's never really a... Uh, That's that's not a great sign. Kind of want the cork in there. But we shall see. Um, Yeah, it actually seems to be a decent brand, even though I've never heard of them before. Uh, Hague Club is another of their scotch whiskeys. It's a single grain is the Hague Club, endorsed by David Beckham. Hmm. They had another brand, it appears, without diving too deep down the rabbit hole, but it appears they have the Glen Levin, which uh, seems like it was uh, existed in the 60s through the 80s, so it looks like it may be gone, except in some people's stashes somewhere. And they also have a Golden Age uh, that ran for a time in the 70s. Hmm, so Interesting. W- interesting little tidbit about this one. Apparently... And I did not know this getting this, and I'm not a big fan. I know I know this is going to shock some people that I can say this, and it's true. And people are going to be like, but how? It's a great show. It j- didn't grab me. Apparently, Dimple Pinch was the whiskey or scotch of choice for one Walter White from the TV series Breaking Bad. See, I wouldn't know. I've never watched an episode of Breaking Bad. I've... 
watched a couple seasons of it because everybody's like, this show is so good. Like, it is It is a show that is on my list of things to watch. No. It continually gets longer, and I don't have the time to do so. I watched a couple seasons of it, and I just never got into the show. Huh. I don't know. It just was not. Well, now I have somebody I can point to, and everybody's like, oh, my God, you have to watch this. I'm like, well, I got a friend who said it's not that great, so. Meh. Nah. Meh. <laughs> um, so, yeah. So, shall we try it? Cheers. Cheers. It's got a very sweet nose on it. It has no flavor. It has a very sweet scent, but I'm not picking up, like, any flavor from this. Yeah. Uh, it's got the nothing. traditional scotch burn. Yeah, know, there's there's a burn stuff. there, but there's but no as as flavor. Like, like, with a lot of the other scotches that we've had, you know, like Johnny, uh, the Ardbeg, um, Glenlivet, you know, those, you've got something that you can, like, Okay, this has a caramel taste, or it has this, or it has that. <clears throat> this doesn't have any of that. It 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 tastes like water. Yeah, I mean it's burning, tingly water. It's not good. That's the thing. It's, but it's, it's not, not bad. Not it's not good. good. So I guess maybe that's why it's a, you know, that that we've never really heard of it. Yeah. You know, it doesn't fall in that. Oh my God, you're a squat, Scotch person. You have to try this. And it doesn't fall in that, oh my god, you're a scotch person, never touch this. I mean, this is going to go on my shelf. The bottle looks cool. The bottle's going to look cool. Maybe I'll use it in some cooking or something. Yeah, I mean, you could mix it. Um, I mean... mix. It, yeah, I could mix it in some cocktails. I'm, I've been watching way too much How to Drink, and I'm starting to get interested in trying some cocktails, so maybe I could mix it in, be definitely very inoffensive in yeah. some cocktails. Yeah, for sure. Um, an alcoholic punch, I could see. Yeah. You know, something. Yeah, it would work for something like that, for sure. Something that you want to get drunk, but you don't want to it's, taste it. It's very inoffensive, just like this week of wrestling. Ha! <clears throat> Great it's, transition there. The, the shows this week were Meh. decent to good. So... I've I've been trying and this I kind of started this last week. I don't want to just be like the same thing every week. Oh, the show sucked. Mm -hmm. Because these guys are going out there and they're putting in the work. They are. The storylines are bad, but that's not their fault. The wrestling is good. I mean, when we talk about guys like Bobby Lashley, like Seth Rollins, Kevin Owens, who is apparently re-signed with WWE. We'll talk more about that yeah, in a minute. Yeah, a three-year deal for $3 million, I think, is what it was a year. So, But, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It just... You said before we came on the air that we are slowly becoming jaded wrestling fans. Mm-hmm. Or, I think you said wrestling, wrestling nerds. nerds. yeah. I think we're there. I don't think we're slowly becoming... I think, we're, I, I think we've hit that I, point. I kind of have to agree with you. Um, but... Let's go through and let's let's talk about what happened this week in wrestling. So starting with Monday Night Raw, we have Bobby Lashley and MVP coming out and MVP making the case for why Bobby Lashley should be included in the WWE Heavyweight Championship match at day one. Out comes Seth Rollins, out comes Kevin Owens, 
they say, no, no, you shouldn't be involved at all. This is our match. And out comes Big E and says, I don't care. I'll face whoever. Out comes Sonya Deville and Adam Pierce, And they say, well, we'll make it a fatal four-way. If, Bobby, you can defeat Kevin Owens, Seth Rollins, and Big E. So that's going to be our matches throughout the night. It's a modified gauntlet where they're not really going one after the other, which I think would have been far more entertaining. But we do get the matches. So they set that up. We have Riddle versus Otis where uh, Otis gets the win because, of course, he does. After that, Randy Orton tried to RKO, RKO Otis and that didn't work. He did manage to RKO whoever it is, Chad Gable, with Otis, and then Otis took out Randy Orton. That's a thing that happened. We have Bianca Belair versus Dewdrop, uh, where uh, Belair gets the win. We have Kevin Owens versus Bobby Lashley, where Bobby Lashley gets the win. He gets is about to put Kevin Owens in the hurt lock, and Kevin taps out. Before he even gets it locked in. So yeah. that happened really quick. I like that part on Kevin Owens part because it's smart. He's two weeks away from a title match. He's not going to risk getting injured. And since they want to imply that the hurt lock is more than a full Nelson and that it actually hurts people. Sure. We have Finn Balor and Damian priest versus the dirty dogs where, uh the Dirty Dogs get the win. Surprise, surprise. We have Rhea Ripley versus Queen Zelina. Uh, Zelina pins Ripley. My, how the mighty have fallen. Right? It's just god-awful. And I, I don't mind that at all. I like Zelina. <clears throat> I don't like that Rhea Ripley is this far down on the card taking pins. From Zelina, yeah. which I like Zelina, I agree, but yeah. We have Bobby Lashley versus Seth Rollins, where Seth Rollins gets the win because Owens ran down and punched Rollins in the face. Mm-hmm. So Lashley is disqualified, and therefore Bobby Lashley will not be in day one. Oh, wait, no. Uh, Pierce and DeVille show up and say that that's not how this is going to go down. They're going to restart the match. Bobby Lashley hits. Yeah. Hits Rollins with a spear. One, two, three. Like, he advances to Big E. That, that's one of those endings. It's really cool to see it from time to time. And, you know, we, we bitch all the time about you know, referees being stupid and all that kind of stuff. But they just did this recently. Yeah. And it, and we'll, we'll get into it, because there is a topic that I did want to talk about tonight. Okay. Wrestling notwithstanding. Or the the action notwithstanding, I guess I should say. Mm-hmm. But continue yeah. on with Raw. So, we end up now with Bobby Lashley versus Big E. And before this match, Big E tells Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens that they're not to come down to ringside. He's going to beat Bobby on his own. We got a great match going. 
out comes Seth Rollins, out comes Kevin Owens. Big E was down, which is why they interfered. When Big E kind of realizes what's happened, and he takes out, I think it was Kevin, if memory serves correctly. Bobby takes out Seth. Big E gets back in the ring. They put both of them through tables, by the way. There's no DQ match, so there were tables out, and both Seth Rollins and Kevin Owens went through a table. Big E gets back in the ring, says, let's do this. MVP comes in and hits Big E in the rear of the leg with his cane. Bobby Lashley hits Spear. One, two, three. Bobby Lashley's added to the match. I don't mind that Bobby Lashley's in the Fatal 4-Way because Fatal 4-Way, Triple Threat, makes no difference to me. It's all the same. You know, once you get to a certain amount of people, sure. Once, once you get past two people, it's the same match. Yeah, sure. I, I, I don't care. It doesn't bother me. I don't necessarily like that there's three top stars that they're putting, shoving into this. Four top stars because of the Fatal 4 But there's three challengers that they're shoving into this. Like, we're going to use up all of these challenges, yep. challengers, on the first day of the year. Literally the first day of the year. Yep. Ugh. But there you go. That's Monday Night Raw. Um, of course, then we jump to Wednesday. We've got Dynamite. The winter is coming. Special. Winter is coming. And <laughs> this show kicked off with Daniel Bryan versus Hangman Adam Page. Um, and it went to a 60-minute time limit draw. This match went on for an hour, and it went to a time limit draw. I'm going to get a little crass here, but talk about some blue balls. Yeah. I have I have thoughts on this. Uh, we then go to Matt Seidel versus Wardlow. Um, a cool-down match, sure, because the Daniel Bryan-Page match was amazing until that ending. Yeah, like, um, we have problems, if you can't tell, we have problems with the ending of this match. Yeah, Everything match up to the end? 59 minutes of that match was great. match of the year contender. Uh, one minute of the match ruined it for me. Yeah. Um, Matt Seidel, Wardlow, of course, Wardlow wins. They're teasing more uh, dissension, it looks like, between Wardlow and MJF. Her, uh, Kara Shida versus Serena Deeb, where uh, Shida wins. We then had Dante Martin versus MJF in the Dynamite Diamond. And, of course, MJF won. This was atrociously bad. Uh, Dante Martin is going to be a star, but as our friend Brady said, He'll never get there when he goes out here and does these amazing moves and flips and jumps and ath- just every bit of athleticism that everybody in the universe has, and then he gets pinned. Um, and that was dynamite. Because when you have one match that goes an hour, you really don't have time for anything else. Yeah. Uh, moving on to Friday. Friday, another decent night of wrestling. SmackDown's been doing a good job lately. We start off with Sasha Banks and Tony Storm versus Charlotte uh, Flair and Shotzi, where Tony Storm gets the win for her team by pinning Charlotte Flair, which they're building. They've got a match, I believe, at day one. Mm-hmm. But really glad to see that Charlotte's the one who took the pinfall and not Shotzi here. I, I, I'm glad to see that. We have the Viking Raiders versus Jinder Mahal and Shanky. And, you know, Shanky's the seven foot one behemoth. Yeah, uh, they lost. Viking Raiders win. 
Like they're building Shanky up as this behemoth. Right. And then immediately he takes a pin. Yep. <laughs> so, you know, we have a segment of happy talk where we just want to kill any type of heat or respect or, or anything that people have for Baron Corbin. Happy, Be- happy talk makes me want to not do this show anymore. <laughs> I don't, I'm going to save this for later, but I I don't understand why WWE cannot find something for Baron Corbin. Me either. But we'll we'll circle back to that. We'll talk more about that later. We have Cesaro versus Ridge Holland, uh, where Holland defeated Cesaro. There was some uh, shenanigans. And you see how I did that? Ridge Holland Uh, is hired. There were some shenanigans at the beginning of the match, so it just doesn't matter. We have Naomi versus Shayna Baszler, where Naomi gets the win, and they still haven't set a date for Sonya and Naomi, and for the love of God, just end this storyline already. We have the New Day versus the Usos, where New Day defeated the Usos. I think they're going into a match. Yeah, they're, they're, they're going to have, have a match, match at day one. Day one yeah. uh, then we have Roman Reigns making his return. Uh the tribal chief said he can look past Jimmy and Jay's failures because they're blood, but he said Heyman is insane. He asked Paul if he knew Brock Lesnar would be at SummerSlam or Madison Square Garden and asked, why are you protecting Brock from me? Uh, he said he's, uh, Heyman admitted that he's not protecting Lesnar from Roman. He's protecting Roman from Lesnar. Reigns fired his special counsel and rocked him with a Superman punch. Uh, before he could do any further damage with the steel chair, Lesnar made his save. So, there you go. Yep. We roll into Rampage, where we started with the what I'm going to call the undisputed superclick. Uh, the Young Bucks, Bobby Fish, and Adam Cole versus Orange Cassidy, uh, Rocky Romero, and the Best Friends. We're... Orange, Cassidy, Rocky Romero, and the Best Friends won. Um, Dan Lambert had a segment, which... Ugh. Um, Ty Conti versus Penelope Ford in a submission match where Ty won, and then they are continuing the Ty Conti, Anna J, Penelope Ford, uh, Bunny storyline with the Brass Knucks. Uh, then we had our main event was the Lucha Bros, Eddie Kingston, Santana, and Ortiz. Versus 2.0, uh, Daniel Garcia and the Acclaimed. We're uh, the heels won. They rolled up uh, Eddie Kingston. Uh, then they started attacking, and then Jungle Jurassic Express and Christian came down and made the state. Hooray! All right. So that is that is the wrap up of the week of wrestling, right? All right. So let's let's start off with something to just kind of wet our palate, so to speak. Something easy that I think everybody can agree with. Mm-hmm. Why can't Baron Cor- Why can't WWE figure out what to do with Baron Corbin? I have no idea, because to watch him on Up Up Down Down when he was on there from time to time, mm-hmm. fantastic. When he was doing the the bum Baron Corbin, I thought that was the best work he had done in ages. 
the dude has charisma. His original NXT Lone Wolf Baron Corbin, I thought was pretty decent, where he was basically a Mad Max villain. He didn't really talk too much, but he had something going for him. The the dude, he's kind of interesting. Like, he's a former NFL player. He's a gold glove boxer. He is into collecting skulls and yeah, he other weird stuff. The dude is cool when it comes down to it, but God, they just can't do anything with him. It's I don't get it. Happy Talk is one of the worst segments of Raw uh, of WWE ever, and it is entirely possible that it is the worst talk show segment that has ever been done on uh, a wrestling show. That that's a bold statement. Look, I, I'm talking as a whole. I'm not talking <laughs> about individual points here, right? No, no, but I'm still saying, you know, you talk about the trash that has been on there, there as a talk show. There have been some terrible talk show-esque state segments on wrestling. I think this may be the worst. I mean, And yeah. I blame, I don't necessarily blame Corbin for it. I blame the gimmick. And maybe that then translates out to a little bit. I am blaming Corbin because he can't seem to get it over. Um, but I really blame Riddick Moss. So I, I want to hear why you blame Riddick Moss, but I want to address that statement that you just said. Baron Corbin can't get it over. I don't think anybody could get this gimmick oh, over. Oh, I agree. 100%. And and so I, I don't well, think we can blame him I on think, that. I think you could have... There are very few out there that could probably get it over or at least not make the crowd actively hate it. You know, like your Chris Jericho is possibly. Yeah. Maybe the Miz. Because, I mean, he has that that stupid high level of charisma. The Miz just has a very punchable face. He does. Um. So, I mean, there are a couple guys, not many throughout yeah. history that could get this this happy Corbin gimmick over Baron Corbin doesn't have those chops. Yeah. It, and to, to transition back to what you were saying, I do agree with you. Riddick Moss is dragging it down even further. And that's at least Baron Corbin. I guess the way I'm, uh, the way I would say this is at least Baron Corbin is trying. It mm. seems like to make this character work, even though it's not, and he, he's not doing it well. Riddick Moss, I don't think, is even trying. And I don't necessarily think it's because he's not trying, which I know can contradicts what I just said. I think it's more about the fact that he just doesn't have the uh, experience. You know, the guy came in, he wrestled for a little bit, and then he kind of disappeared for years. Um, I don't think he has the experience to get over a gimmick like this telling dad jokes that aren't even dad jokes. Um, yeah, it, it it just it's it's awful. It is hurting both of them, and anybody involved with it is being yeah. hurt by proxy. They're, like they're, Drew McIntyre is being McIntyre. hurt by this because he is involved with this trash. Now, and it, it's so clear to me that Drew McIntyre is the plan for Roman after Brock. Yeah, like that is it has the plan. And they don't want them to cross paths yet. But what they're doing right now with him, mm -hmm. 
They said, and I don't know if this is going to hold up, because to me, I'm like, why are you even bothering to put this on the show? That at day one, it is going to be Drew McIntyre versus Riddick Moss. Mm-hmm. What? Yeah. Like, right. Why? Uh, uh, sure. Throw that on SmackDown next week for the holiday special, the Christmas special version of SmackDown. And then, yeah, give me Happy Corbin versus Drew on the pay-per-view. Sure, that makes sense to me. Madcap yeah. Moss right. versus Drew McIntyre? That that is what? not that is not a pay-per-view match. That is that is, the pay-per-view match there is Baron Corbin versus Drew McIntyre. The match of him versus Madcap Moss is the SmackDown before day 1 where Moss wins because Corbin gets involved somehow and he wins by DQ. No, no, the, the, he the, wins by count out. The result or, is Drew McIntyre wins, but he wins by disqualification when Corbin interferes and they both beat him down. That works. That's too. how it works. That works too. That's, you know, my, my thought there is you let, you let Moss, Moss takes the win due to completely outside interference that, Obviously, you know, eh, refs are dumb. Um, and then you have Drew just annihilate Corbin at the pay-per-view. And then we move on with life. In fact, personally, I would like to see him annihilate Corbin to the point where Corbin is written off of television for six months. I, yeah, I need him off my screen. Mm-hmm. Like, like you said, Baron Corbin is such an entertaining person. He's got such an interesting life outside of Baron Corbin. Yep. Or Happy Corbin. We need to find a way, they need to find a way to bring that out and put that in his character. Exactly. And this is not it. Like, they could have gone... It would have been such a shock to see Baron Corbin as a face. So he lost everything, right? He went through that time where he was begging for money, begging for money, begging for money. What if he got rich, but he'd had a Scrooge moment where during the time of being poor, he realized, you know, hey, I need to be kind to people. I need to be better to people. And now you have a face barren and you build him up. You give him a title run at some point, And then he turns back heel. Man, I was just doing that to get further up the card. It Exactly. It, that, that would have been entertaining. That would have been engaging. Like, okay, Kevin Owens, right? Mm-hmm. Kevin Owens beat the heck out of, of downtrodden Corbin, told him he couldn't beg for money anymore, yada, yada, yada. Corbin wins his money. When Corbin comes back, he walks up to Kevin Owens and he says, man, you know what? You were right. Here. And he hands him keys to a car. Yeah. You know? And then just walks off with Kevin Owens being like, what the hell happened? You know? And then you have a little story of Kevin Owens trying to figure out what is going on with Baron Corbin. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, as far as... Because you see Baron Corbin, he's just in the back. He walks by an interview. Kayla's interviewing Paul Heyman. Yeah. And Corbin just walks by and goes, 
Kayla, you look fantastic today. And just hands her like a hundred dollar bill and walks away, you know, and, and leaves and Paul Heyman like, what? Something's not right here. Complete change you know? in character. I mean, this doesn't even have to be long term. This could just be something that goes on for a month Couple or months. two. And, and then he gets I, in, he gets in good with Adam Pierce. You know, Pierce says, you know what? I really like the, the change you've shown here, Baron. Um, I'm going to give you a shot at the Intercontinental title. Thanks, Pierce. And he hugs him and walks away, you know? Yeah. And then he beats Shinsuke. Because Shinsuke's doing nothing with the belt. Sad but true. Yeah. And then after he wins the belt, he, he keeps the happy bit for like another week or so. And then he comes out and he goes, you know, I've thought about it now. I've got all this money. I've got this title. Screw you people, <laughs> you know? And Kevin, go, give me my car back. Yeah, and he can go back to being the asshole there. But we've got six weeks or a, a couple of months even of yeah. what's going on with Baron Corbin here. And it would be And just, you can have Kevin Owens that whole time being like, he is playing all of you, <laughs> you know. I it would have been it would have been great. It would have been great. Instead, they immediately take him back to Baron Corbin. Yeah. Back with to the, the rename manager. the rename of Happy Corbin. He's the same character he was before the downtrodden, the same character. Yeah, he's the exact same, but now he's happy and rich. Yeah. yeah. All right. I, yeah. Yeah. The will they, won't they, between Paul Heyman and Brock and Roman mm-hmm. has finally come to an end, I think. It's finally, I think we're going to get our our final payoff. At day one. Um, which is not going to be the final payoff for the feud, probably. The whole feud. But... No, because they've... Look, Brock and Roman is money. Yeah. I don't care. They've been money for five years at this point. They're going to be money for another three to five. One of the things that I hope would happen here is maybe Heyman turns on Roman. Brock... Well, Roman fired Heyman. Right, right. So there's no but, more turn. Well, what I'm saying is Heyman comes down and costs Roman. Let's put it that way. Okay. Um, Brock wins. Brock gets belt. I know I'm I'm putting the belt back on Brock Lesnar, but hear me out. Earlier in the night, though, the Usos beat the New Day to retain their belts. Mm-hmm. Then until Mania, we have this power dynamic with the bloodline, where Roman will say something, and the Usos kind of look at each other, and they kind of look back at Roman and are like. Yeah, okay. And maybe they go do it, but you can tell they're not doing it because Roman is commanding them to. Yeah. And you have this point of, okay, Paul's gone. He turned. He's been fired, and now he's with Brock. The Usos are are stuck in this, why are we listening to this dude? He's not the champ anymore. We're the ones putting food on the table now, Us. (laughs) You know? And then when you get to Romania, you have that, that turn for Roman. Because um, apparently the, the plan got scrapped, but apparently Roman was only supposed to be a heel for about six months. Um, to, to interrupt you, I really feel like they were turning Roman heel. Yeah. So they could shove it in everybody's face it's and say, what see, I was this isn't going to work. It's He's not going to work. He's a heel. Burn. But now it's the been a year and know. a half. Right. And it's been one of the best heel runs that we've time. seen for yeah. a long time. 
I'm not saying there haven't been misses. We've been very vocal oh, about there's the absolutely been misses, but for the most part, this has been a really good story. Basically, the only good story in WWE, but it's been a really good one. Yeah, ever, ever since they killed the Mandy Rose Otis story. I know. Um, I know, right? Ever since, ever since those two broke sorry, up, sorry. Um, Otis has done nothing but go downhill. <laughs> sorry. He lost the money in the bank briefcase. Uh, and what's sad is they, they were broken up. They didn't yeah. even break up. They, they were broken up. Yep. Um, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Now, <laughs> let, let's talk about something here. Let's move to AEW. Let's move to AEW. You know, we give, we give Raw a lot of shit. We give SmackDown a lot of shit about, like you said, blue ball indies. You know? Simon Miller on YouTube, when he does his ups and downs, he has a counter uh, that runs every time there's a DQ ending. And WWE's up to like almost a hundred and something this year. Um, overall, AEW has been pretty good about having a finish. Mm-hmm. They've only had one DQ in their entire history on TV, right? Granted, there have been some times where we've looked at the ending and gone, how? You know, or how did the why? Ref, how did the ref miss that? Or why did it end this way? Or anything. But pretty much all of their matches have had a definitive end. Then we get, well, let's see. Cody, who did Cody wrestle to a time limit draw? Because it was for a title. Did he wrestle somebody to a time limit draw? I thought it was Cody that wrestled for the TNT title uh, to a draw. I was thinking. Maybe I'm wrong, but I was thinking I, there was one done there. It's possible. Darby, maybe? Maybe so. Because I know I know there was one done because I remember when it happened, I was like, well, that's that's really cool because they do have this whole time limit thing there, and that's that's kind of a cool concept, yeah. right? I'm uh, Darby's the only one who's... Darby or Jungle yeah. Boy, maybe. Maybe. Maybe it was Jungle Boy. Um, then, last month, Daniel Bryan wrestles Kenny Omega. Was that last month or in October? October. Okay, it was in October. Jesus. Um, I mean, it, October was well. last month. Like, this last year has yeah, not been a year. Gone. So, we have Daniel Bryan wrestle Kenny Omega to a time limit draw. 20 minutes. That was really cool. I, I I really dug that as a, we don't want to put the belt on Daniel Bryan because that's going to Hangman. We don't want Daniel Bryan to lose to Kenny Omega and then have Omega lose to Hangman because then we kind of ruin Daniel Bryan for a possible Hangman win. So Wednesday night, Dynamite kicks off. 8 o'clock in the morning, or 8 o'clock at night, rather. Or, no, 7 o'clock at night. I'll get there in a minute. It's late. We're recording this on Saturday night, so. We're recording this on Saturday night, and we have really bad alcohol this week, so bear with us. Um, I'm sorry, for, I said it was bad alcohol. It's just nothing alcohol. Yeah. Anyways. For, for one hour, we see a phenomenal match. They are telling a story. Daniel Bryan is working over Hangman's arm. 
so that he can't really get the the spin for the buckshot lariat. You see Hangman working over Daniel Bryan's leg, so he can't really get the Danielson kicks going. And then we get down to the one minute left. Hangman hits the buckshot, and it's not even a as they're pinned time goes off before the ref counts three they're both just laying there yeah when the bell rings for the time limit is over you could have if you were going to end it this way you could have either had had either one of them either brian danielson or hangman in the position to win either hangman hits the lariat and he goes to cover and you have one Two, ding, 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 before the three hits. Or you have Danielson lock in the cattle mutilator or the yes lock, and the bell goes off, and as the bell goes off, Hangman taps. Right? Mm -hmm. I I get maybe the story that they're going to tell with Danielson is when it comes to the major matches, he just doesn't have the fire to put them away. I don't like that story. That story so works don't... in WWE. That story does not work in AEW. And the reason that, that story works specifically for Daniel Bryan, Bryan Danielson, whatever you want to call mm-hmm. him, in WWE. Yeah. It does not work for the way he's been booked, the way it's no, everything's not rolling all. in AEW. Not at all. So... The match up until then was amazing. Like I ended up getting up here. We we watched the show on Wednesday nights, usually as a group. Uh, some of our friends from Rogues Cast Radio and and our friend Brady, who's been on here a time or two. And like I was a few minutes late to get up here. I was disappointed mm-hmm. because you know, I wasn't expecting Dan- Brian Danielson versus hangman adam page for the title to start the show off right. on a random wednesday in december yep that being said the match rolled for 60 minutes every bit of it was great until the end mm-hmm. and you don't even have daniel brian or brian danielson we'll, we'll get there one day guys right <laughs> you don't even have brian danielson laying there at the end he's actively rolling towards the edge of the ring. Yep. I, I, again, this is one of those. The match itself was great. This, in fact, I was talking with a friend of mine while this match is going on, and it was, hey, this is a possible match of the year contender here. Yeah. And then you don't give us a finish. And, Maybe I'm in the minority. You know, maybe I'm wrong in the fact that a bad ending can completely ruin a match for me. You know, you're. I think we are, because as we stated at the beginning, we're jaded fans. Yeah, I mean, but I'll see this, but I'm also that same way about books. I'm the same way about movies. I'm the same way about almost all of my entertainment. It's not going to take away the enjoyment that I had during it, but it ruins the experience for it, if that makes any sense. Like, you know, you the know best what? thing I can describe it as is any of you nerds out there 
that have played Mass Effect, or at least the third one. Mm. Well, technically, one, two, and three, for that matter. This huge three-game sprawling epic where you save the galaxy. And when Mass Effect 3 came out, it was just as epic and just as jaw-dropping insane all the way up to the end, and it was like, hey, uh, you know all that stuff you did, good or bad? That doesn't matter. Pick the ending you want. There was no payoff to my my Paragon Shepard who did every possible thing to be the hero of the galaxy. It didn't matter. Yeah. Versus the second time I played through it when he was the biggest piece of trash scum of the galaxy. That also didn't matter. Mm-hmm. That's kind of the same way. These matches where you have bad endings. Yeah. Now, I get, sure, we're going to have DQs from time to time. Those are fine. We're going to have countouts or interferences. All right, cool. We, we can have those somewhere in WWE, in wrestling lore, it has become accepted that a DQ ending keeps both people strong. Sometimes that's right. More often than not, it makes one look extremely weak for cheating and the other one look extremely dumb for allowing it to happen. You know, or lonely for not having friends to prevent it. I have an idea here that we probably would have been upset with had they done it, but as I'm thinking about it, I think it would be an intriguing story. You go up to the 60 minutes. You're in the last few minutes of this match. I'm doing some fantasy booking here. Bear with me. Hangman comes over, hits the lariat, is about to go in for the pin. You got, you know, 10 seconds left on the clock or something. Out comes Dark Order. Maybe they come out before this point and and Hangman shoes them away and they, they don't interfere. As Hangman is going in for the pin, the Dark Order hit the ring. Daniel Bryan loses by disqualification as the Dark Order attack Hangman. Are you mean Daniel Bryan wins by DQ as they no, attack no, Hangman? He, no, because they're attacking Hangman, so Daniel Bryan would have been DQ'd. Bryan Danielson would have yeah, been yeah, DQ'd. Okay. Yeah, that's true, that's true. So, Dark Order attacks Hangman. Then you tell the story of... Dark Order, and in my head, this is Johnny Hungy mm-hmm. leading this group, which I realize is, you know. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, but sure, we'll go with it. It, it just, it, but it is. And it's Dark Order saying, man, we've been hanging out with you for almost a year now, and we're nothing. We are a comedy gimmick. We used to be the scariest thing going yeah. in AEW. Mr. Brody Lee came in and he elevated all of us. And now we're a joke. And we're not going to do this anymore. See, I don't think I don't think Silver should be the one to do that. I think Uno should be the one to do that. Because Uno teased the Uno teased the breakup before and he kind of got brought back into the fold. I get that. But Silver's the face. He is the face he of that is. group. I, uh, but here's here's why, I, and this is, I guess, because I watch BTE. Yeah. Um, 
I can't take Jonathan Silver or Alex Reynolds serious. Fair enough. Like I get that. I, I get that. It just and this is in my head what's happening. And I like do it. it anybody do, I definitely do like it with it, Uno. And you have that. 10. That would know, be cool. Yeah. You have that elevation, the re elevation of Dark Order. Have negative one just in the background, standing there, just pissed and upset. You know, just and you have this re elevation. You you can start hinting at a mystery, you know, hand guiding them. Mm-hmm. Not a new leader. I don't need a replacement for Brody. Right. But there is somebody who's guiding them. It was me, Austin. It was me all there's, along. You know, there's somebody who's whispering in their ear. And then you can play that off down the road with a number of different people. The, the anonymous raw general general manager. Horn swoggle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's swoggle. There we go. No, no, oh. it's Danhausen. <laughs> uh, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I no. love it. No, it's just you but know. To me, that would have accomplished the same goal of the ending that they got here, but at the same time, it elevates Dark Order back into this. It does. I think the only the only problem I have with it. Is and it's nothing to do with the booking of it. No, it's the way AEW books. Yeah, like we we just saw Hangman versus Daniel Bryan. That's now over. You know, we may get on Wednesday. Daniel Bryan come out and complain about a time limit draw and he didn't lose and blah 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 blah. blah. But the next match isn't going to be Hangman versus Bryan too. They're going to think at Revolution. You think you don't think it's going to be Bryan mm-hmm. and Hangman? I think they're going to move on from it. They may come back to it later. But we're going to see Hangman versus somebody else. We may see Hangman versus Cole. Um, I mean, I am there. I would love to see it. I'm there. Um, I, I, You know, there there are other options that we're going to see before we see uh, Hangman Danielson too. Yeah. Uh, you brought up Adam Cole, which brings up Kyle O'Reilly in my mm-hmm. mind. Kyle O'Reilly's contract is over and done. Yep. Do you think Kyle O'Reilly shows up in AEW? 100%. Do you think he shows up in AEW this week? Um, Probably not. My guess, Kyle O'Reilly shows up in AEW in February at the paper. I mean, look, if I'm Johnny Gargano or Kyle O'Reilly, I'm coming off of this big contract with WWE. I'm set for money. If I'm Johnny Gargano or Kyle O'Reilly, I don't see Gargano going anywhere anytime soon. Well, either one of them can go, can resign with WWE tomorrow. Yeah. They just have to pick up the phone. Okay. Yeah. You guys, I want to come back. Let's work a deal. Um, the time of year it is, it is Christmas. It is new year's wrestling. Typically the last few years being the exception wrestlers don't get to spend time with their families. And that's why I say I don't see Gargano resigning anytime soon. No. Uh, Gargano's going to take the whole thing. He's going to take the opportunity to be with the kid. Candace is still getting paid. Mm -hmm. Uh, She's still doing her thing. You know, she's pregnant, so she's not on the show, but she's still getting the downside of whatever her contract is. And if they're smart, which a lot of these indie guys nowadays are, 
they're putting money aside. For sure. Um, so, and if I'm Kyle O'Reilly, the pay-per-view is a good spot for me to show up. Yeah, and that's what After I think New see. Year a, a is a good spot for me to show up, but I can take the next three weeks off. I think what we see there is we see, because they've teased it a little bit already, with some dissension between the Young Bucks and Cole. Mm-hmm. And now we've got Bobby Fish added in there, and Cole always refers to Fish as his best friend. I feel like we see some more dissension there where we end up with Cole versus Fish or Cole and Fish versus the Young Bucks. And we see the Young Bucks teaming with somebody. Don't know who it would be since, you know, Kenny's out and, uh, you know, Cole, uh, Brandon and Nakazawa aren't exactly caliber. I you mean, know. is Nakazawa even still with him now that Kenny's out? He he's around ish. But I could see that and I could see them becoming a three man, you know, and laying down a challenge to Cole to find a partner. And that third partner is O'Reilly. Cause that was the undisputed era. Yeah. Strong got added later. Yeah. And yeah. I'd have no issue with that. I could see that being a thing. And then you have because Cole's already being cheered, you know, being cheered way more than the Bucks are. Well, Cole still has amazing amounts of goodwill built up from yeah. his time in WWE, where he was a star. Yeah. Like, WWE saw enough in Adam Cole that I think he's the longest reigning NXT champion. I think so. He brought the NXT title up to Raw and SmackDown and beat. I was about to say, the champions. And unlike Cross, when he brought it up, Cole won. Yeah. Um, Adam Cole as your NXT champion. And this does not just fall on Adam Cole's shoulders. There's several other people sure. that put the work in there. But Adam Cole's NXT champion got NXT into Survivor Series. Yep. Exactly. Um, like I said, that does not fall on his shoulders alone. You've got to talk about Undisputed Era in there. You've got to talk about Tommaso Ciampa. You've got to talk about Johnny Gargano. You've got to talk about the work that uh, a guy like Aleister Black or, you yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you, you none of those NXT guys did it on their own. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> that crop of NXT guys worked together to yeah. make the black and gold, what it was. I mean, you can take it back even further than that. To you well, know, I mean, the the the, the class that was before him, Kevin, can. Kevin, Kevin Owens, Owens and Sammy, Seth, you know, and Seth, and all of those guys. Like there for a long time, you had this uninterrupted run of greatness from yeah, NXT. Oh, hands down, you, you know, you you had God since what probably. 2015, 14 or 15, 14 somewhere, or 15 in there. somewhere there, you had this, like you said, this just escalator of amazingly talented people being used the right way that made NXT must watch wrestling. And as they got pulled away, Triple H had already, Triple H had been characteristic, uncharacteristically not Triple H. <laughs> 
and had been building that second tier. You know, Gargano and Ciampa were being built while Drew was still there. And I then think, Drew gets pulled up, and it was just drag and drop the, that next layer in. Yeah. And they were starting to do that now with, you know, Ciampa and Gargano and all of them running the top. They were beginning to, here's our second line. So that when those guys go up, we had Dexter Loomis. We had uh, Hit Row. We had, our, well, Swerve Scott, you know. Yeah, at but least. You, you had those guys you there. You had that next row ready. And then you get NXT 2.0. And then we get 2.0. And, yeah. and Vince gets all but hurt that AEW whooped their butt. There was nothing anybody could have done. No. To prevent AEW from being a success. Short AEW, of AEW not trying. AEW was going to win that fight, period, the end. They built up too much goodwill in the wrestling community mm-hmm. by being that, look, we hear you guys. We hear what you're saying about WWE and how much you hate what they're doing. The fact that they're make, you're, you're being forced to watch a soap opera instead of wrestling with soap opera elements, right? Yeah. We're not going to be that way. And then they weren't. Like, AEW could have just completely shit the bed hard within a year by being WWE light. You know, they could have come out with convoluted storylines and... I mean, look, you go back 10 years... Terrible endings and all of this stuff. You go back 10 years and you see how not to do it. And I Mm -hmm. say that talking about TNA. Yeah. TNA had something special. Mm Mm-hmm. And then they brought in Eric Bischoff and Hulk Hogan and... I'm not going to hold that against them because if I'm running a wrestling promotion and at that time, ignoring everything that has happened with Hulk Hogan since then, but at that time I have the opportunity to sign and have Hulk Hogan on my show. I'm bringing Hulk Hogan in. Oh, for sure. But when they brought Hogan in, they tried to turn it into WCW 2.0. Yep. And it destroyed yep. all the goodwill that had been built up. It destroyed what made TNA special. TNA was special because of AJ Styles, Samoa Joe, Christopher Daniels, Frankie Kazarian, uh, Beer Money. But it looked know. different. It felt different. Yes, you had the six-sided ring, and I understand that the six-sided ring. I thought that was ring, cool as heck, though. The six-sided ring was great. The, and, but what I was getting at is the six-sided ring apparently is a lot stiffer ring. Yeah. And, like, AJ's, <laughs> AJ yeah. made the statement at one point, and I don't remember where this was quoted in, but I, I do remember it was AJ said it, that he would not wrestle in a six-sided ring again Yeah, after going back to a four-sided. All right, fair enough. Sure. Sure. Um, save a six-sided ring for special events. You know, don't, but you don't just say, Oh, we've got Hulk Hogan, we've got Eric Bischoff. And in the first show with them, you have the NWO come it would, down. It would be just like if AEW on Wednesday, mm-hmm. instead of, you know, continuing their storyline with, with uh Brian Daniels or with uh Hangman and, you know, their talent, you know, the AW originals mm-hmm. and, and then the few from, you know, the CM Punks and the 
the Brian Danielsons. But it would be like if on Wednesday they took Punk and Danielson and Jericho and all of the Christian, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll put Christian in there, and all of Rusev, them. Rusev, all, all the WWE guys. All the WWE cast-offs and said, hey guys, what we're going to do is we're going to focus the show on y'all. And on Wednesday... Miro's going to beat Sammy for the TNT title and uh, Danielson's going to come out and he's going to demand a rematch and he's going to get it and he's going to beat Hangman in a minute and 30 seconds. And then we're going to have the Lucha Brothers lose to Christian and Punk because why not? Yeah. And then those four are going to, you know, they're going to run all over everything. And then we're going to take Paul White. He's going to be, we're going to have him come out and he's going to join them as a, you know, as a, a backstage guy, you know, to help set up matches. And, you know, every time, every match Mark is going to be against, yeah. Every match is going to be against like Dante Martin and Darby and all of them. And, and it's going to be, they're going to be 40 second matches where they're just squashes. That'll be great. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And then people are going to quit watching AEW immediately. And that's kind of what happened with TNA. Yeah. TNA. And then they tried to go head to head with Monday Night Raw. That was the dumbest thing ever. Like, come on, guys. AEW had success written on it from the start. I would say that AEW had success written on it before there was an AEW to have success written on it. Um, yeah, you're the right. The all-in pay-per-view. Right. I think you're right. When, when they did the all-in pay-per-view, which was a massive sellout success. That's what convinced Tony Khan that there, he could actually do this, mm-hmm. you know, because he wasn't involved yeah. in that. Yeah. He was not involved in that. That was a, that this all started because I think it was Dave, was it Dave Meltzer or no, it wasn't Meltzer. It was uh Cornette. Cornette said that no pissant Indies are going to be able to sell out a 12,000 seat arena. And Cody and said, Cody and the Bucks said bet. And then they did. Yeah. And then that got that got Meltzer's attention, and it got Tony Khan's attention. Mm-hmm. And that's when AEW became a thing. Yeah. And look, AEW is going to be successful for a long time because they listen to the fans. Because they offer a different show from what I can get for five hours a week or Mm -hmm. seven hours a week from WWE. That's why they're going to be successful. Some sad news in wrestling this week. Sammy Guevara has announced that he and his fiance have broken up. Yeah. Uh, Which is sad. That is sad. We have our suspicions as to what possibly but I'm not going to put that out because right. that's it's not just our gossip. place. It's not our it's place. Gossip. It's it's is what you it know. is. But um, if you watch his vlog or any of that kind of stuff, you may you may have picked up on what our some, suspicion is. Some connections, but we don't know for sure. We're not going to say that anything. Right. You know, just our suspicions. But with that said, I, is there anything else that we need to talk about wrestling wise before we close out the show this week? Not that I can really think of. Yeah. At least wrestling wise, um, like we said, I think we said it at the beginning. And if not, we're not going to be around next week. Yeah, no, we we Christmas. haven't said that. I was gonna, okay. we were gonna wrap that up that way. But since you just said it, 
Yeah. So we're going to be off for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, we're going we're um, to take the time and celebrate Christmas. Next weekend being Christmas and the weekend after being uh, New Year's weekend. Uh, both of us got some time off from work. Uh, I think Michael said he was going to do a little bit of traveling. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm going to be just a lazy bum at my house. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're you know, just going to take some time off and kind of relax. We'll be back following the new year, not New Year's weekend, right? Be after that, but we'll be back and we'll have much more to talk about. We've got a pay per view in there, day one. Yep. That I'm sure we will have things to say about. Probably. Maybe I'll just take the next couple of weeks off from wrestling and, and come back at it with a take fresh a break, eyes. Come back at it with fresh eyes. I, I think we need that from time to time. I know. You're probably not wrong. You know, sometimes taking a break is is a good thing. And as we've stated multiple times throughout this episode, we're very jaded. <laughs> yes. So uh, with that being said, uh, check out our friends over at McNarb Gaming. Thank you so much, Greg, for allowing us to use this space to record. Uh, check out McNarbs. They've got all of the games that you could want, whether it's tabletop, whether it is... Uh, miniatures games, whether it is card games. If you want Monopoly, they've got a dozen different versions of Monopoly in there. Uh, come check them out, see what they have to offer. They've got some new dice in there, so if you're a dice goblin like I am, maybe you can get some new dice. Uh, I'll be honest, I'm trying very hard not to buy some of these dice. Give them a, you know, check them out, throw some money their way, and pick up some games to play with you and your family as you celebrate Christmas this year. And, of course, speaking of celebrating Christmas, this is the week before Christmas. A lot of people are going to be having those those work get-togethers or those family get-togethers. And what better dirty-scented gift than a bottle of liquor? Or what better way to deal with the in-laws than liquor? <laughs> so head down to Big Dog Liquor in Gaucher, grab a, a bottle of your favorite spirit, be it vodka or gin or tequila or whiskey or whatever it happens to be, wines. Any of that kind of stuff. He's got a ton of sales going on uh, pretty much every day. Something's on sale. Um, so, yeah, pick up a bottle of spirits so that you can get through this week. Pick yeah. up some board games for your own sanity or, hey, gifts, stocking stuffers, all right. that kind of good stuff. I got a, you know, I talk about games at work. I got a game this week at work. Yeah. So, you know. Awesome. Uh, now that you're done listening to us. Go check out our friends over at Rogescast Radio. We mentioned them earlier. You got Jay, Logan, and Jody. They talk about all things uh, nerdy and gaming related, and lots of great conversation going on over there. And if you check their back catalog, you might hear some, you know, voices that you recognize. Maybe so go check them out. They've got a great show that they release every week as well. And while you're listening. And then after you're done listening to them, then go listen to Silence Your Cell Phones. Another set of our friends, uh, Jarrett and Kevin, talking about movies and music, or movies and TV shows mostly. Mm-hmm. Uh, new, old, is it bingeable? Should you go spend your money at the theater for this, or should you just stream it at home? Um, give them a, a listen too. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, our friends over at Rogue's Cast, Jody. He has his own podcast yep. that you can listen to as well. It is Fearology, and he goes through the history of horror films. I think so, history for horror films. So. so let me get this straight. So we can go. We can get us a board game. Yes. 
We can then get us some liquor. Yep. Then we can lock ourselves in our room with said board game and said liquor and dodge all of the family for the next couple of weeks. That's what I'm hearing. Why would we so, not do this? So let's 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 run this down real quick. We're gonna come get the board game at McNard's. Mm-hmm. While we're in Gaucher, we're gonna hit up Big Dog Liquor. Mm-hmm. Have lots of great sales going. You know, military right. specials, all of that. They're gonna, we're gonna pick up some liquor. Then we're gonna go out to the house. We're gonna lock ourselves in the room, and we're gonna listen to Rogue's Cast Radio, silence your cell phones, and Fearology. Yeah, I'm game. Let's while do we it. celebrate Christmas, let's do it. I'm there. Sounds good to me. Everybody, Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, Happy New Year. We'll see you in 2022. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.